Welcome to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. In the show today, myself and Jimmy are talking about a few different topics. We'll be covering the situation regarding RKJ, the Limitless title, and how all of that factors heading into Watlington. We also touch upon Eye of the Tiger and preview the matches already set for October the 22nd at Linsport. So there's plenty up for discussion today. Hello, I'm the host for the podcast and my name is Patrick Vincent Crown, also known as PVC, and I'm joined by Falling Star Wrestling's only Grand Slam champion, my tag team partner, Jimmy Starr. If you've managed to listen to this episode in time, then hopefully you'll be able to head down to the WAW Performance Center in Norwich for a special attraction show, Falling Star Wrestling versus the World Association of Wrestling, two companies head-to-head, FSW versus WAW. And the best thing about it, it's a free show. We've got Furio, the Dark Wolf, the UKP and more heading into the Lion's Den on Friday 23rd of September. Make sure you get there and represent Falling Star Wrestling the only way you know how. If you can't make it, maybe we'll catch you live and in colour this Sunday, the 25th of September at the Watlington Village Hall. The show opens at 3.30 and kicks off at 4.30. Tickets on the door and it's your last chance to see Jaden Scar in a Falling Star Wrestling ring. All the information you need can be found over on our Facebook page. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined once again by the one and only Jimmy Starr and Falling Star Wrestling is on the road to Eye of the Tiger, our big show at Linsport on October the 22nd. But before we get to Eye of the Tiger, we have a couple of pit stops along the way, most notably this Sunday in Watlington, the Watlington Village Hall on Sunday, the 25th of September. We'll be there and in action. Now, Jimmy Starr, unfortunately, you're unable to make this next show. How do you feel about that, mate? It's going be one of the first shows you've missed in a while right do you know what? i feel terrible i just obviously don't miss shows and i'm missing not only am i missing Watkinton, i'm missing the falling star versus waw show and i feel terrible about that because obviously i started falling star wrestling and it would be great to to be there at the waw show see what it's like for us stepping into someone else's territory and seeing how we're going to get on but you can't work 365 days a year and I'm not taking time off to go on holiday I'm taking it's a working holiday and not being at Watlington and not being with you guys over in over in Norwich is going to be hard it's going to be very very hard but I know I'm leaving the show in capable hands I know that there's been some changes to the schedule at Watlington which some people aren't too pleased about but, you know, bookings, bookings, shows are shows, cars subject to change and all that sort of stuff. It, it is what it is, really. But, yeah, to answer your question, I am gutted that I'm not going to be at both uh, Friday's WAW versus FSW show and the Watlington event. But I will be at Isla Tiger in TLC. I'm extremely excited about that, but also extremely apprehensive. Uh, I'm looking forward to Lynn Sport as always. So this coming Sunday at Watlington, we've got a couple of matches already scheduled. We have the final appearance of the one and only Jaden Scar. He's coming down to Watlington and he's having his last match ever. We're not quite sure what the matchup there is going to be, but it has been hinted on social media that a Craig, Jaden Scar, has something quite significant plan so we're gonna have to wait to find out for that one and of course we also had news on our facebook page that's at falling star wrestling on facebook and instagram we did talk about it last week on the podcast we were going to get rkj in to defend his falling star wrestling limitless championship against the number one contender furio but there's been a little bit of a, a scheduling problem there with rkj and he won't be able to make it this sunday to watlington so he sent a representative is that right a brett semtex is coming in to defend the limitless title right Jim yeah I mean from what I believe Brett Semtex and RKJ are a tag team for WAW I believe they're the tag team champions over there and I know that they do some tag team work in other promotions so he's sending down Brett Semtex with a limitless title to wrestle Furio and it'll be great to have the limitless title back in FSW again I know that there's some fans out there who aren't particularly pleased that RKJ isn't coming down to defend the title. You know, they feel that he sort of took the title and, and ran. He's only defended it once and all this sort of stuff. But but the fact is, you know, he's busy and life isn't perfect. And, you know, 
it, it just hasn't worked out. It's not been anyone's fault. It's not been RKJ's fault. It's not been FSW's fault. You know, RKJ's busy and in demand. And the fact is, um, the show at Watlington were meant to go ahead. I thought that we'd had it booked, but, you know, I'm going to hold my hands up here. I think it was a mistake by me, scheduling-wise. So the reason this match isn't happening is because of myself and the way I worded the message to RKJ. He thought the show was on a different date than it was. And looking back at the message, I could, I'm reading it, I could see how it would read the way he thought. So it was my mistake and RKJ is, isn't available. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. And, you know, that's, that's the way things go sometimes. You know, people can get angry about it as they like on social media. I can see how it would be disappointing for fans. But the, the fact is the Limitless title is being defended in Falling Star Wrestling again. And that's the big deal. The chance for the Limitless title to come back to Falling Star Wrestling. And, you know, if Furio's on his game and he hasn't lost a match in quite some time, hopefully he'll bring the title home. Having said that, you got Brett Semtex, who is a, a fucking animal. You know, he's a real man. And he can he can throw people around with the best of them. But have, again, Fiero got the better of him the other day. So I, th- I think in the 11 years of Falling Star Wrestling has been promoting a show, you know, we've pretty much delivered on everything that we say we're going to deliver on. So we've got a pretty good track record. Hopefully our fans will forgive us for this particular oversight. But the main issue here is the Limitless title coming back to to Falling Star Wrestling. But I think the actual interesting thing about this, for me, the story of RKJ versus Furio, there isn't really much there. It's, you know, RKJ won the Limitless Championship. He's had a hold of it. He hasn't been around to to defend the title. He's been defending it elsewhere in, in other shows and stuff like that. But Furio's been around. He's been number one contender for quite some time. He's been running through the Falling Star Wrestling roster. He's been kicking people in the head. He's now introducing this mist. And as we saw, you know, sort of 10 days ago at West Lynn, he was in that five-way elimination match, which Brett Semtex was a part of. They were the final two in there. Furio, the the, the devious bugger that he is, somehow managed to get that, that green mist from, from in his stomach or from somewhere. I don't know how he just gets this out of his stomach and is this bile and he spits it into people's faces and he actually managed to spit it in the face of Brett Semtex, deliver that swift kick to the back of his head and pin him, not clean, but he had his shoulders to the mat, one, two, three. He came back after that match with a big W in that match. He beat four of the guys and Furio is looking strong heading into this limitless title match at Wallington. But as you said there, Brett Semtex, he's no slouch. He's in very good physical shape. He he looks great. He's he's really getting to grips with the business. He's got himself a style. He's getting himself out there. He's getting bookings everywhere. Like you said, he is the WAW Tag Team Champion. He is currently the DOA Heavyweight Champion. So he's definitely no slouch. So I think it's actually a little bit more interesting to see Furio versus Brett Semtex. Now, this is not the exact match that people wanted to see because, yeah, they want to see the actual champion, Ricky Knight Jr., go up against the actual number one contender, Furio. But this is actually not the first time that this has happened in Falling Star. Now, I want to take your take you back a little bit here, Jimmy Star. Do you remember one time there was meant to be a ladder match for the Falling Star Wrestling Limitless Championship? This was a Lynn Sports show, and you were there. You were meant to be in this ladder match. But on the day, it turned out that you'd picked up some sort of bug. You were you were looking horrendous. You were white as a ghost. You you could barely get up and talk to the boys and tell them what I was supposed to do on the day. So you turned around to me and you said, well, this is a limitless title match. We don't want to take that away from people. The belt's going to be up there. So the first person to grab the belt is going to be the champion. So you subbed me in in that match and I climbed the climbed the ladder and got the belt and, and brought it down. And then there was a storyline that led on after that. Do you think that could be the case here? Whether that's, so Brett comes in, he subs in for RKJ, and then if Brett wins, does then 
he become the Limitless Champion? I don't know. If Furio wins, does then RKJ have another opportunity to, to wrestle Furio again? I don't know. Is it going to be some sort of three-way action? Will Ricky Knight ever come back to Falling Star Wrestling? There is a bunch of questions hanging around this Limitless Championship match at Watlington. And I guess we can't answer them now, but we can talk about them, can't we, Jim? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, t- to me, it's, it's, yeah, again, it makes it more interesting. I mean, again, you just reminded me that when I was meant to wrestle Tom Falcon in that ladder match, I came down with with a really, really bad stomach virus bug thing that, that totally fucked me up. And, and I was throwing up and I just couldn't stop throwing up and throwing up and throwing up. And there was no way that I could wrestle. There was no way that it was, it was Lynn sport. It was a ladder match. It was going to be very physical. And there was no way that I could perform to the level which I needed to perform to make it a, a worthy match. There was just no way I could do it. It's one of the only matches I've had to say, no, I just, I just can't do it. I'm just too sick to do it. And I've, rest, and I've wrestled in some states. I've wrestled, you know, it's really, really sick. But... With that particular illness, with the stomach bug and all that sort of stuff, I just I just couldn't risk fucking being in that ring, passing out, throwing up, shitting myself, whatever would have would have and probably would have happened, and also having a bad match because because I felt felt terrible. I knew you could deliver. I especially knew that you could deliver in that kind of match. I knew that Falcon could deliver as well, Tom Falcon. So yeah, it was a case of what do we do? Do we carry on as planned and me deliver quite possibly the worst performance in Fallen Star Wrestling history because I'm so sick or do I sub someone in who I know who can do the job and create a bit of a storyline and something different around it and you're right something did did build from it and it worked out quite well and it, it, it ended up being quite cool I think the thing that's pissed a lot of people off with this is when I was Limitless Champion and I was doing my whole heel run thing I was defending the title i was at every show i was defending it and you know people were getting some enjoyment out of me being a bad guy and it was all you know fun and games and people could forgive that fact that i was sick on the day subbed you in you had the match and you know we went from there but i think the thing about the whole rkj situation which makes it different is he won the belt and he essentially more or less hasn't come back. And again, that's through no fault of his own. The reason that we gave him the belt is because he's Ricky Knight Jr. He's working really big shows, working, you know, really well-known named opponents. And if he's taking the Falling Star Limitless belt around with him, okay, that leaves us with two titles in Falling Star Wrestling for a little while. But is it worth that seven months of exposure for the limitless title to people to say around and go, oh, I wonder if all in Star Wrestling are, you know, maybe have a quick look online and find us via RKJ and the name value he carries. Is it worth taking that belt out of all in Star Wrestling for seven months for the advertisement? Answer is probably not. It probably didn't work out the way I thought, but you know, it's worth a risk. It's promoting. It's business. I love Falling Star Wrestling with all my heart, as you do, and as our wrestlers do. And you can't tell our wrestlers that Falling Star Wrestling isn't a big-time promotion, and you can't tell our, fan, our fans that who come to watch our shows and who scream and shout and support us. But the fact is, we're not a huge promotion. We pack the halls out that we promote, but... They're not huge venues and we want to get bigger and we want to expand. We've only got a certain amount of resources to hand. So to grow as a promotion, sometimes you you try things and, and maybe they work, maybe they don't work. Maybe they're a little bit fucking harebrained, maybe they're not. It's as simple as that, really. Everything's worth a try. And I hope that none of you fans listening to this ever decide to do it. But if you ever do decide to get into promoting and promoting wrestling shows, you find that you have to be the type of character who will risk things and be like, fuck it, give it a go. Even if you think you might do bollocks, even if you think the idea is risky, but sometimes you just, you just try things because you think that they might work on this occasion. It hasn't, but that doesn't deserve any bad feeling for RKJ. It definitely doesn't deserve 
any bad feeling for falling star or my booking decision. It wasn't great. You know, it's not, it wasn't a great idea, but you know, the old saying you throw, you throw shit at the wall and if it sticks, you know, it's fucking great. If it doesn't, never mind, throw some more shit at the wall, see if that sticks. It was a promotional idea. We were using RKJ as a promotional tool to get that belt out there and to get Fallen Star Wrestling's name out there. It didn't work. Never mind. We haven't lost any money out of it. We've just not had limitless title matches, which if we're 100% totally honest, totally honest, have our shows over the past seven months fucking sucked ass because those limitless matches haven't been on it. Now, it, you know... It'd be great if they, like, they were on it, but has has it really made a massive fucking difference? Do you know what I mean? Or are the people just complaining, complaining because it's something to complain about? You know? I think that's the thing with wrestling, isn't it? Everybody loves wrestling, so you have so much... I don't know, so much love and so much energy and you pour your heart and soul into wrestling and you care so much about it that when good things are good, you just feel this euphoria about wrestling and everything is great. But when sometimes things don't quite go your way, booking decisions don't quite go your way, you know, the wrong person gets the title. I'm talking, not talking about falling star wrestling here. I'm talking about wrestling as a whole, whether that's WWE, AEW, TNA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, any of these companies, they're going to do things that you don't necessarily agree with. But that's just how wrestling fans are. They're so into it. And they're so just consumed by wrestling and the love for it that everything comes out as as passion and even like, you know, hatred for booking decisions, the putting the belt on RKJ and him not being around for a couple of months. Like I can see how people would get annoyed about that. But for me, I wouldn't go online and kind of complain about it every week. But you have every right to do, you know, Falling Star is a company that is for, you know, first and foremost, it's for the fans and it's for us as well. We want to go out there and put on the best shows possible. And like you said, did not having the Limitless title around for the last seven months really, really be detrimental to the shows? I don't think so, because it's given other people the opportunity to shine. Like, we've not had the World Heavyweight Championship around for the last couple of shows, but people haven't been complaining, oh, we need to crown a new champion immediately. It's like, it's been in the focus. We've been talking about it. We've been building up to it, and that's a nice little thing. But this, not having the Heavyweight belt, not having the Limitless Championship, it's really, really pushed that tag team titles to the forefront, like with the NLP, they've been champions for what almost a year now. They've been out there, they've been defending it, they've been main event, they've done a couple of really, really great main event, you know, matches, whether that's against us when we did the dusty finish, you know, after you just in the, the street fight with Crowley. We went out there, we we tore the house down, we almost took the belts off of them. We got people on their feet, we got people talking, we got people reacting. And then again the 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 NLP come out and they do the same thing with the sound. They have that incredible main event match that we had a couple months ago at the Westland Sports and Social Club. And you know that could have been a limitless title match, but it wasn't. That was a, a tag team championship match that's been thrusted to the forefront you know and Crowley and Mitch Basher they've been there each and every week with those titles just saying we're the only champions here so let's let's focus on us and we have done and we've put them to the forefront and it's been absolutely incredible I've seen some of the best matches I've ever seen in Falling Star Wrestling over the last seven months and that's not because we haven't had the Limitless Time Championship. It's because we've had to make these booking decisions and turn on the fly because that's the same thing with everything in life, whether it's your job, whether it's your relationship, whether it's, you know, you're going on a road trip or you're going on holiday. Sometimes things happen and you have to turn on a dime. And that doesn't always mean it's going to be the worst thing in the world. It doesn't mean it's going to be the best thing in the world. You just have to deal with it and make the best of it what you can. But another thing you got to remember is, you know, unless you're actually in the trenches and what I mean by that is unless you're actually in that ring or promoting that show or involved in the actual business aspect in some way shape or form you know of course you can have opinions you know opinions are like arseholes everyone's got one that's fine right we've all we've all got our opinions and we can say what we want and that is the freedom aspect of wrestling that we all love. We all love the idea of being able to fantasy book. We do it when we when we speak about shows and WWE and what's coming up next and this, that, and the other. And that is that is absolutely fine. But what Falling Star Wrestling really, really, really counts on is the support of its fans. 
It counts, counts on the support of its fans and the love that that amount of people generate at each show, you know, to, 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 to survive. And the one thing that you don't want to happen, or I definitely don't want to happen, and the one thing I don't like when I see, you know, maybe not so positive comments on social networking, because to be honest with you, I've, my phone's broke, been broken recently. I've got a new phone. It's 100 years old. The social networking aspect side of it is crap. I don't get to see a great deal. I only get to see stuff when I go online. So I get you sort of get bombarded with, you know, a, a little bit of, you know, negativity sometimes. And I sort of think to yourself, it's like, I, I get it if, you if it, you know, if maybe it's AEW and these guys are superstars or this is it's WWE you're talking about and these guys are in the public eye. These are famous guys. But, you know, fullness star wrestling in, in terms of wrestling is like supporting you know, limb football squad and stuff like that. It really does not do our brand or our morale or, or or anything any good to have negative comments either in the dressing room via our fans, you know, and opinions, arguments, debates, all those sort of things are healthy. But negativity is never healthy. We have abolished it from the dressing rooms, Falling Star Wrestling atmosphere, a show with 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 the wrestlers is always, you know, top hole. And if it isn't, it gets sorted out straight away. You know, we're a very open and honest and positive dressing room. When we teach, when we train, same thing, you know, open, honest, positive, hard work, always the same thing. And, and from the crowd, a, a, a lot of positivity, a lot of interaction. And that's fantastic. But the one thing there is not room for, and the one thing that we haven't we 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 haven't really got the capacity for is is negativity. And I'm not saying that there's been much of that even really on our social networking and stuff like that. And for a promotion that has been going eleven years and pretty much always delivered every time on everything that they said they were gonna do, has cancelled one, maybe two shows, two maximum in 11 years. I think that's pretty fucking spectacular for, you know, positive, positive thinking, positive side. The Limitless title is going to be defended on a Fullness Star Wrestling show and it will be back the same as a heavyweight title. That's going to be defended at Eye of the Tiger. By the time Eye of the Tiger comes around, we should have all our ducks in a row again and the only way is forward, really. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Eye of the Tiger. We've been talking about it for quite some time now. We've got two matches set for Eye of the Tiger. We also have our you know, World Heavyweight Championship match there. We've got the Dark Wolf, Matt Waters versus the Black Rose, Callie Gray. That is set. That is our main event for the 22nd of October. But we mentioned there about the tag team titles. They've been featured quite heavily over the past couple of months. You know, we've battled for the tag team championships. The UKP is battled the NLP for the tag team championships even the sound have been there and they almost managed to capture those tag team championships so it it was announced very recently and we're going to be talking about this quite a lot there is going to be a fatal four-way tag team championship match at Eye of the Tiger if you haven't heard it's going to be contested under tables ladders and chairs rules we've got the disaster artists me and you Jimmy we're going to go up against the NLP the current tag team champions the Norfolk Legion of Pain Crowley Mitch Basher we've also got the UKP and the UK Pitbulls Big Dave and the Bulk and then the last team they've got the sound Bobby Adams and George Rashwood with Brody Knox by their side. I can't wait for this match. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be crazy. I've been having dreams about this match, and in those dreams, it did not go well. Jimmy Starr, what are your <laughs> thoughts leading up to this TLC match? Have you been having crazy dreams about being in TLC matches? I've, I've definitely been thinking about it a lot. There's been a lot of daydreaming going on, like, you know, driving in the car and having a little bit of a think about, you know, life in general and the the TLC match pops up quite frequently. I think the the reason, not the reason I'm worried about it, but my my concerns are is, you know, we're dealing with three things here that might not necessarily want to play with us. Being hit with a chair hurts. And we're talking real folks. We're getting hit with a steel chair and we'll try and protect ourselves if we see the fucking chair being swung in time. But if we don't, then we're screwed. We've got ladders, which pose two problems. 
we're either going to fall high or we're going to fall hard. So we're either going to fall off the fucking ladder or we're going to fall on the thing. Either or, don't feel nice. I can tell you that. I can contest to that. And so can you. The table, honestly, when I got powerbombed through that table when we were last at Wellington, I haven't felt pain like that in a long time. And I genuinely mean that. That hurt so much that I can't possibly begin to explain. It sent a a stinger through my body that just numbed every part of me just for a second there. And it was shit and it was frightening. And I know, I know that I've got, we've got all these things to come. I know that, you know, me and you are capable hands. So it's not like we're going to get our asses handed to us for the entire thing. But I also know that, you know, there's three other extremely capable teams in there. So we're not going to get away without getting something horrible happen to either of us. So I'm worried for you, I'm worried for myself, but it is what it is. And we agreed to do it. And when FSW agrees to do something, we always try and deliver. So that TLC match will be will be a spectacle. After 20 years in the game for myself and a few a good few years for yourself and you know no one in that match you know sort of Rashwood and Adams are probably the team that they've got experience but they've probably got the least amount of years on their body fuck this 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 shit hurts it takes years off your body so I, there is a certain amount of trepidation when I think about it but the perverse side of me also thinks I'm I'm looking forward to this I'm looking forward to the challenge I am looking forward to the pain a little bit. I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do, what I can bring to the table, what we can do as a team, what we can bring at the table. I'm looking forward to seeing if we can grab hold of those tag team belts and beat probably four of the best teams in the country, really, and bring home the goal, so to speak. But, yeah, there's a mixture of trepidation and excitement, probably more trepidation, but... You know what ladder matches are like. They fucking hurt. Like, genuinely fucking hurt, right? Yeah, most definitely. Because it's not a traditional match, is it? You can't... You can't prepare for what the ladder is going to do. You mentioned it there. We've got objects in there that... That they... These things have almost like a mind of their own. And we've seen it time and time again, whether we're watching WWE, AEW, or even going back a little bit further, watching something like ECW, WCW. Things in ladder matches can often go wrong, whether it's a misplaced ladder, a table is in the wrong position, a table doesn't break, a chair isn't in the right position, a ladder falls over while you're at the top, you don't put it quite in the right position in the middle of the ring, and of course we're we're in a wrestling ring, which in and of itself is a pretty sturdy thing, but there are some very small mats on there, so it makes for a little bit of an uneven surface there, so if you put a ladder that, that is meant to, you know, all intents and purposes is meant to go on concrete on a flat piece of concrete so you can climb up it and be stable and possibly have somebody you know if you're a bricklayer or you're or you're a you're a laborer or anything like that you want to go up a ladder and make sure it's either up against the wall or you've got somebody down there holding onto that ladder so you don't fall off of it but then you put that in a wrestling ring and you're climbing to the top of the ladder you can't really hold on there might be people running around in the in the middle of the ring you've got other stuff going on you've got a crowd there <laughs> with bated breath hoping that you're going to get those belts and you have to keep your focus on what you're going to do L- reach up and you know <laughs> I don't mind climbing ladders but when you get to the tippy top of a ladder whether you're doing anything whether you're just doing some wallpapering or you're cleaning out the gutters or anything like that when you get to the top of the ladder that is not a really safe place to be and it's okay if you can kind of hold onto the ladder with both hands or at least one hand but taking down those tag team titles, and there's going to be two belts up there, so we need to get them both off there. The last time I had to do that was one Limitless Championship, so I managed to get up there and un- unclass the belt, you know, and celebrate at the top there. But if I manage to get to that top of the ladder, I need to get both belts down and 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 then get down from the ladder successfully. That's a very difficult thing to do when you're in the middle of the ring and it's not, you know, dead center. When I've got spirit levels on there and it's really dead center, I have to make sure that. Who was at the top of that ladder? 
whether it's me or you, we have to get get up there safely. We have to get those tag team titles down safely. And we have to come back down from the top of the ladder because we've seen that in ladder matches before. You know, we've seen like a Jeff Hardy will grab the belt and then he's either stuck up there or somebody kicks the ladder away, but he's still got the belt and he comes crashing down to the ground. You, you may be the winner, but he's still going to be in a lot of pain. Is it all going to be worth it at the end of the day, Jimmy? I don't know about well, that. Well, you, you just hope so. And, and you know, what, what's, what's worse, really? I mean, from any time I've ever dealt with a ladder in, in any kind of match, whether it's been a hardcore match and the ladder match that I have had, again, just talking about pain, I remember when we when I wrestled the Dark Wolf and it was a shame because the spot didn't look particularly good, but fucking hell it hurt. We did this deal where the ladder was propped up on, on the corner and Matt was going to hip toss me on it and... It was right at the end of the match and we were really sweaty and we just both, we slipped basically. But I did get hip tossed on the ladder, but it was quite a low hip toss. So it didn't look particularly impressive. My whole body didn't land on the ladder. Half of it did, half of it didn't. And just the pain from landing on that ladder. Like you said, these ladders are built to keep people from falling off of them. And we're going to be using them as weapons and we're going to be trying to push people off of them. So we're going to be doing the exact opposite of what they're made for. Obviously in the end, someone's going to climb up and retrieve those belts. But the fact is just as much as falling off one is dangerous. Falling on them is dangerous as well. Those rungs are sharp. They are like fucking blades going into your back and they don't break. They're sturdy. It's one of those things where we're talking about the tables. Yeah. The table's, pose a problem getting slammed through it that table bump i took a few months back now really 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 shook me to my very core but i think the fact that i landed on a hard wooden floor afterwards didn't help much either the tables i'm I'm wary of but it's those ladders man if you get slammed on a ladder off of a ladder if you decide to jump off of a ladder to try and really, really incapacitate your opponent or you get pushed off a ladder and, and fall, just anything can happen. Anything can happen. It is, it is so dangerous. And you've got eight guys that are going in there and essentially risking their well-being and their lives and their body. For your entertainment, folks, I hope you enjoy it and it hurts. And we agreed to do it. And it's something that we've led up to for quite some time. But like you said, because we haven't had the heavyweight belt and we haven't had the limitless belt, we've focused hard on the tag team titles. And because we've raised them up to the point where I feel that they're a very important part of the Fallen Star Wrestling psyche now, I mean, they're, 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 they're important belts. I feel like we needed an important match and a match that we haven't done before. Now, whether it's us versus the sound, NLP versus the sound, you know, the UKP versus the sound, whatever match match we've done, we've done every kind of match you can have from wrapping tinsel around bugging ladders and chairs and doing all sorts of kind of silly things to hardcore matches, to dusty finishes, to all this lot. There's nothing now more for people to see. This is it. This is the crescendo. We've got those belts and our tag teams to the highest level that they can possibly be at. This is the only real way to settle it and for it not to be a disappointment, really, to be honest with you. And I think that every team in that match deserves to be in that match. And just to just to settle it in a in a normal tag team match. We've been doing that for the best part of a year now, over a year with the teams that we've got in that match. It's just, there's nothing more we can do. So we're laying it all on the line at Isle of the Tiger. And I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you everyone's going to be all right. The only thing I I can tell you is it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be dangerous. And I know that each and every individual in that match will put everything they have into it so what you see will be everyone's best. We just got to go out there and, and forget about the danger and put everything on the line and, and worry about um, the fact we've got broken backs afterwards, I suppose. Well, that's the point, isn't it? We wanted to build this match up to have a spectacular finish. And I can I can barely think of any matches that are as spectacular as a tables, ladders and chairs match. When I think back to the 
the very, very first, well, maybe even the second TLC match that happened in WWE when I'm thinking about WrestleMania 17, when you've got the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys, that was something to behold. And it's like, it's a match that really holds high in my regard when I think about wrestling, when I think about tag team wrestling, when I think about these guys going out there and really just putting everything on the line to entertain the crowd, to really elevate those belts and just to do something that people haven't seen before. And I think that this will be something people haven't seen before in sort of the the, the greater Kingsland area and especially within Thor- Falling Star Wrestling. There have been ladder matches. There have been hardcore matches. They've seen the odd table. They've seen a few chairs. They've seen a few ladders and whatnot, but they've not seen all of this carnage put together with eight superstars that just really want to get their hands on those title belts or whether it's the NLP, they want to keep their hands on those title belts. And it's just a really good opportunity for everyone to go out there and just shine and show what they can do inside of a wrestling ring and use this chaotic violence to tell an interesting and intriguing and most of all, just a really, really entertaining story. Whether we're out there for for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whether we're first, whether we're last, whether we're somewhere in the middle, All eight of us are going to go out there and there's going to be a lot of pressure on our heads. There's going to be a lot of trepidation, like you mentioned, going into this match. You know, are we going to get hurt? Are we going to hurt the other people? Is the match going to plan out like we want to? But we've got so much experience heading into this match. You know, Jimmy, you've got 20 years. I've got 10 years. We've got the NLP. They got, you know, they got sort of 10, 15 years in between the, the sound. They got five, 10 years between them. And then you've got the UK Pitbulls who have got probably what, maybe 40, 50 years plus experience. When you put all that together, we've got over probably a hundred years of experience. If eight of us can't sit down and think about how this match can be as spectacular as we want it, then... I don't know what we can do, mate. We've got so much experience in there. I agree with that. I, I, I do totally agree with that. And it's Lynn's sport. None of us are going to half-arse it. You know, again, we, we, we haven't been there for a year. Everyone who goes to Lynn's sport in every matchup wants to steal the show. Even though we've got two matchups booked, we've got other matchups in the pipeline. And as time goes on, those matchups will be revealed. And it's looking like it's going to be a, a, a fantastic show. I mean, just with the two matches you got, I mean, if we even if we have a, a talk about the Dark Wolf and Caddy Gray, I, I mean, obviously you've got the Dark Wolf, Matt Waters, who is as much a part and as much a, main, a mainstay of Fallen Star Wrestling as as I am, who has won the Fallen Star Wrestling Heavyweight Title and has has carried his end of the bargain and had some has some amazing matches, not just as champion, but just in general. I mean, we all know that when the Dark Wolf comes out, you know that you're going to get an amazing match, no matter who it's against. He's going to put 110 percent effort into his match because that's the way he wrestles. That's the way he works. He works hard. He works strong, he works stiff, and the crowd can see the effort that he puts in. So whether they hate him or not, as a bad guy, this this Shoreditch Ponzi character he's playing, as a wrestler, he's second to none. And then you look at sort of Callie Gray, who isn't a falling star wrestling mainstay. He wasn't trained by me. I can't say that I had anything to do really with his training, his early training. I might have given him a few tips along the way but I've had nothing to do with his training. He's actually someone who turned up at Falling Star looking for bookings early on in his career, and now he's improved so much. He's getting a lot of bookings elsewhere, and luckily he's still managing to come to work for us. And the amount he's improved since he first started, and not just a wrestler, but I feel more as a character, and more as a promo and as an actual total package type thing. The way he is improved is 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 unbelievable. He's one of those guys where when you see Cali Gray walk out that curtain, he's going to give it absolutely everything, and he's going to have an amazing match. He likes to fight hard, like Matt does. He'll put everything into his matches, and he'll dig as deep as he possibly can and give you everything he's got. And that's what I think this main event has got more than anything. Like, even if you just look at the states of 
being fallen star heavyweight champion to take that away even if these guys didn't have that belt on the line they would fight to the absolute death to give you every ounce of sweat in their body put on the best match they can for you without that belt with that belt I mean it's going to be incredible I mean the story there hasn't got much ballast in terms of like good guy versus bad guy blah 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 it's quite simple you know it's quite a simple story but if you're looking at the sort of tail of the tape type thing it's so much more interesting when you look at the individuals involved dark wolf has got experience obviously is is advantage but they both just have this insatiable insatiable appetite to go out there and give the crowd everything they got now i know every wrestler has that but there are some wrestlers who have just got that extra gear and both Callie and Matt have got that extra gear that I've never had. I've, I can safely say I've never had it. I don't know about a lot of other wrestlers from who I watch and who I see. There's some brilliant wrestlers out there, but they just have this extra gear that is just fucking turbo mode where they want to give you everything they got. And it's going to be something special. That main event really is going to be something special. Yeah, for sure. It's been a bit of a journey for Cali Gray as well, hasn't it? Like you mentioned, he joined Falling Star Wrestling. He came down to to get some bookings. And his journey from when he first came down, he's come a a hell of a long way. If you think of all the things that he's managed to do in the very little time that he's been with Falling Star Wrestling, he kind of joined quite early. He had his battles with Next Level and he actually, him and Nathan, they teamed up. They actually managed to capture the tag team titles off of Next Level as well. And they were on an absolute tear for I'm going to say best part of probably two years next level Jaden Scar and Jack Jack Hammer as he was back then they were absolutely unbeatable at that time so you know Cali Gray manages to come in and he's got the he, he well he used to have when he was a heel he had this kind of ability to kind of get under people's skins and really knows what makes people tick he's kind of a, a Seth Rollins kind of character he's that kind of archetype the architect type thing he knows what makes people tick he's a little bit of a cerebral assassin he can kind of get into under people's skins and he knows how to defeat them and he managed to do that and then later on he became Falling Star Wrestling King of the Ring 2022 I believe it was maybe even 2021 I can't quite remember and then of course the the battles with Jack Landers over the Falling Star Wrestling Limitless Championships that match that he had in Heacham with Jack for the uh, Limitless Championship after we came back from COVID was an absolute barnstormer one match of the year and it was just incredible I remember just sitting there at the merch table and just thinking this is the match of the year and I knew it as we were watching it and it built and it built and I think I knew sort of a half to two thirds way through that match that this was going to be one hell of a match and after it finished just the whole entire audience standing up clapping rapturous applause and and both guys just put in such effort and then they had match number two at Linsport where Kelly Gray challenged for the Limitless Championship again against you know Jack Landers didn't come out the winner on that one but that was the pivotal point for for Kelly Gray he was a heel for a good couple of years leading up to that point and then when he kind of you know showed that sign of respect to Jack Landers just saying I gave it everything I had and they both did in the middle of the ring but Jack managed to came out the victor on that one he shook Jack's hands he gave him a big hug he raised his hands and then from that moment on Cali Gray has just been tearing through the roster and I'm not sure he's he's lost since then I'm not quite sure you might have to prove me wrong on that one but he has showed why he is the number one contender for the Falling Star Wrestling Championship and then on the flip side you've got Matt Walters who well, I can't really say much other than what you've said there, Jim, gives 110%, can really go out there and just bust out any kind of match that you want. He can do high flying, he can do strong style, he can do technical, he can do just just any type of match and he looks credible, he looks believable and he just, he just belongs as the Falling Star Wrestling Champion. But then on the flip side, so does Cali Gray and I just don't know who's going to be able to pick it out at the last it's going to come down to the very last moment in that main event match I don't think we're going to see a winner right up until the end I think it's going to be falsies like nobody's business and people are going to be on their feet they're going to be chanting they're going to be clapping they're going to be cheering I think people are going to be tearing their their 
the hair out of what's going to go down at this main event. And then whoever picks up the victory, whether it's Matt, they're probably just going to chuck the hair on the floor and walk out the building absolutely gutted. But if it is Callie Gray, they're going to they're going to jump up to massive applause. They're going to throw babies in the air. They're going to go absolutely wild. And it's just going to be an incredible moment if that can happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I've sort of half begged the different way. I mean, I do agree that Callie Gray is a massive fan favourite going into this. Obviously, if he won, the crowd would be elated. But I think with with Dark Wolf, I think he's got a little bit more respect from the crowd than people think. I mean, people love to hate him. But the thing about being a bad guy is, is when you're really, 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 really good and there's not actually that much... To, not really to like about you. I mean, Matt might get on the mic and give the crowd some stick and do some shitty tactics now and again, but he's so good. He is so, so good. He looks like a wrestler. There's very little holes in his game, if any. You know, he's got so much experience there. It's hard to, even if you dislike someone like that as a fan, it's hard not to respect them. So... The, the level of quality of match that they're going to give us if the Dark Wolf does pull it off. And I think, to be honest with you, he is the favourite. In my eyes, he's the favourite. I've wrestled him. I've wrestled him both. I've But obviously, I've wrestled Matt at his best and I've wrestled Cali when he was coming up. I haven't wrestled Cali in quite a few years now, so I haven't wrestled him at his best. So I can't really tell you what sort of wrestler he is now. But the difference is, is anytime I've ever wrestled Matt, and normally I've come out of the losing end of it, but anytime I've ever wrestled Matt, because I know that I haven't got that extra gear, I know that I've got, I've got I'm, I'm tough and I've got that tolerance, that courage to kick out of, of things that people might normally think, as you know, I'll, I'll, I'll live another day for. I would kick out of that, but I'm more of a thinking man's wrestler, whereas Matt's more of a, I'm going to put everything into this and if I throw everything into it, surely I'm most probably going to win. And that nine times out of 10 works, you know, and we were talking about, you were talking about Jack Landers earlier on with Cali Gray. Jack, Jack Landers is another guy who's got that extra gear where they can just, you know, you think they're done. They have to be done. They can't do any more moves. They've done every move in the world. There's, there's no more moves that exist. And then they'll invent a new move seemingly on the spot to try and put their opponent down with. But the 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 going back to what we were saying, I think that it, Matt obviously is a bad guy. He's going into the match with the crowd, not necessarily on his side. But I think if he does, if he does win, and I've got a feeling he will sort of pound or a penny to a pinch of shit. The guy's got so much experience there. I think that's what will cut it. But you know, not doubting Cali in any way, shape, or form. But if Matt was to come out, I think the match would be of such quality where you know you can't help but respect the man. You just can't help but respect him. It's difficult to boo someone who's that good. He's an asshole, but he's good. And if you can back up what you say, then it's difficult to hate someone for too long. But Cali Gray walking away with the title, I wouldn't have a problem with that. The fact is, Cali Gray has always been so respectful to me. He's always been so nice. He's always been exceptionally good to backstage. Everyone loves him to pieces. He is a part of falling star wrestling as much as anyone else is, as far as I'm concerned, whether he trained there or not, he's earned his stripes. So for him to win it would for me, you know, cement the fact that he's falling star through and through. And I will be proud for him to be the, the falling star wrestling champion. It's as simple as that. He deserves it as much as anyone. He is an extremely hard worker, an extremely nice dude, but it's it all remains to be seen at uh, uh, either Tiger. But like you say, we got Watlington coming up first. Before that, though, uh, that's probably worth a mention on this podcast. We've got some of the guys. Are you going up there for the 
WAW versus FSW thing? No, unfortunately, I'm not going to be involved with that one because it's a Friday night. It's it's this Friday night, isn't it? The 23rd, I believe, is at the WAW Performance Center, Falling Star Wrestling versus WAW. I was asked to be a part of it, whether it's a kind of in a wrestling capacity or even more of a kind of, I guess, a media personality capacity. But yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't really work out well for me because of where I live in, in Hertfordshire and I finish work at like five o'clock on a Friday. It takes me like, you know, more than two hours to get down to Norwich anyway. So I would be late for the show and it'd be a whole stress and I wouldn't want people waiting around for me. But I know that we've got representation from Falling Star Wrestling going down there, such as Furio. We've got the UK Pitbulls representing FSW. I believe the NLP are going down there as well. So we've got plenty of meat heading into the WAW Performance Center to take on whatever WAW has to throw at us. And I'm going to be gutted that I'm not, not going to be there. But in spirit, I'm going to be cheering on Falling Star Wrestling from wherever I am in, in, in my house at that time. Yeah, and I wish I could be there and I should be there. I feel like it's probably my duty to be there. But it's also in extremely good hands. Mike Waters has, has taken the lead on this one. He set up the team. I don't know what WAW have got in store in terms of matches. I know that I've been speaking to the guys who are involved, telling them what to expect. I've wrestled for WAW many a time myself over the years. I know what sort of style they've got. I've got some tips to give them, which I've given them. We've been working hard at training and we've got some good guys. We have a very good team going down there. So heading into it, all I'd say to the guys that are involved in that is you're heading into their territory you're heading into their performance center, you're heading into their yard. But don't forget that you guys are as tough as any of their guys. You guys have earned your stripes. You work hard, you wrestle hard, you've been taught in the right way. And even though I'm not going to be there to support you physically, I swear spiritually, I'll be right there with you guys. Listen to Mike, listen to his experience with with WAW, listen to what he says on the night and whoever you're up against, just give it 110%. If you come back and you've lost, then that's fine because that's what wrestling is about. Winning, losing, drawing, telling stories and having great shows. Just have a great show, do your best, do what you're fucking told to do and put 110% into into it. And that's all you can do. And then if it works, I'm sure they'll want to do another one. And I will make sure I'm there for that one. But yeah, just go out there and fucking kick some ass. And kick some ass they will do. The very best of the best from Falling Star Wrestling and WAW collide on Friday 23rd of September at the WAW Performance Centre in Norwich. Free entry and it's going to be a certified banger of a show. And then this Sunday, the 25th of September at the Watlington Village Hall, the Falling Star Wrestling Limitless Championship returns to Falling Star. But will it be staying around? Can Furio defeat Brett Semtex and bring home the gold? Or will Brett take the belt away with him again? Who knows? We'll find out Sunday. Also, Jaden Scar makes his final appearance in Falling Star Wrestling. He's promised something special, so we'll all have to find out what that means on Sunday. Doors at 3.30, bell time at 4.30, tickets available on the door. Don't miss it. For more information, visit our social media pages at Falling Star Wrestling. Sadly, I won't see you on Friday, but I will be at Watlington on Sunday, and we really hope to see you there too. If you can't make it, well, we'll catch you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See you later.